Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Well, we got one good. What about the rest of you? Very good. How many of y'all are wonderful this morning? Come on now. You got Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That makes you pretty wonderful, doesn't it? We are going to celebrate a holiday this coming week, aren't we? What is it? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. How many of y'all are going to have a big meal? Amen. Favorite meal in the world is Thanksgiving, as far as I'm concerned. I like the leftovers even better. How many of you are going to have family eat it with? Come in. A lot of you, most of you. How many of you are going to watch some football games this Yeah, yeah. He's going to watch them all as he falls asleep on the couch after eating all that turkey. Amen? How many of y'all are going to prepare yourself to go out shopping Friday? Oh, come on now. Tell the truth. Well, let me ask you a more serious question. How many of y'all are going to give thanks to God for all he's done for you? Because, you know, the meal, even the football games, the families, are all things that we have received. Amen? And thanksgiving is about, it's not thanks receiving, is it? I may be misreading this, but I think it says thanksgiving. So it's about what we're giving back to God. What are we giving back to God? Turn in your Bible, Psalms 100. It is known as the Psalm of Thanksgiving. You may have heard this several times the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But I want us to look this morning and see what God is asking us to give back to him as an offering, as a sacrifice of thanksgiving to him. Follow along, and I'm just going to, it's just five verses, so I'm going to read them to you. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Now there are seven things in that psalm that God says, you need to return this to me. And it's something that we really should do because if you look at 1 John 4, 17 through 19, it says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who it fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because what? 
he first loved us. We love God, and, and we return our love to God because he first loved us. If he didn't love us first, we couldn't return that love to him because we wouldn't even understand what the love of God is or what love is. So he gives us seven things here we're supposed to give back to him as a thanksgiving offering or a thanksgiving sacrifice to the Lord. First one, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. You know, I'll be real honest with you. I don't know who, but somebody in the long history of churches came up with this idea that Christians are supposed to come in and sit in a pew and all look like they've been sucking on dill pickles. Amen? They sit here and they're solemn, glum. They don't want to move. They don't want to speak. But it says right here, make a what? A joyful shout unto the Lord. What does he mean by that? He means by that what is in you should be allowed to come out of you. If the love of God is in you, if the joy of God is in you, if, if you truly love your salvation and love what Jesus did for you on the cross and you're happy that you're saved, you should allow that to flow out of you. Amen? Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. If anybody wants to stand up and yell, hallelujah, sometime during the service, feel free. We should be joyful to be here in God's house worshiping him. We should be expressing that. We should allow what's in us. It is in you, right? The joy of the Lord is in your soul. Let it come out. Be happy. When I got saved, on April 1st, 1990. That's April Fool's Day, by the way. And I had started going to this church with my wife, not because I wanted to go to church or I thought God was calling me, but because I loved my wife, and she went. So I would go with her. And I walked into this church. It was Rainbow Forest Baptist Church in Troutville. Virginia. And I noticed there was something strange about those people there. When I when I first came in, they were I'd been in church most of my life. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. Talking about Bill Pickles. And I walked into this place and there was a whole bunch of people, hundreds of them, and they were happy. And there was joy. Personally, I thought they were crazy. But you know, the more I went, the more I, I wanted what they had. They allowed the joy. They hugged each other's necks. They shouted with joy. They loved the Lord and weren't afraid to express it. 
on April 1st, 1990. I got saved, April Fool's Day. April 2nd, 1990, the day afterwards, the church burned down. Hey, I'm not saying there's correlation there, but I always figured Satan got so mad I got saved and tried to burn church down. We spent the next eight months in the parking lot under a tent while they rebuilt the sanctuary. So the first thing we're supposed to do is make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all you lambs. If it's in you, let it come out. Don't be afraid to let it come out. Second thing, it says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. You know, there's a trend here. We're supposed to be joyful, supposed to be glad. We are supposed to be happy as Christians, regardless of the circumstances. And we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Their service to God is not something that's toilsome. It's not labor, but it's a joyful experience of liberation that we are filled with and we will serve God and it's not a duty. It is not an obligation. It is a joy. It is a gladness to serve the Lord. It's my purpose. Now, when I got saved, one thing God really impressed on me is I have a passion for God's Word. True passion. I love it. I want to be in it. I study it. Now, I got saved in 1990. I got called to the ministry in 95 and ordained in 95. I was in full-time ministry in 97. Seven years after I got saved. And I had a passion for God's Word. I've served the Lord to the best of my abilities ever since then. I retired, sort of, a little less than two years ago. You might say, what do you mean, sort of? I believe in my heart that I am willing to do whatever God calls me to do, period. Amen? What is your service to God? What is he calling you to do? We are to serve the Lord with gladness. It is my desire to serve him. He sent his son to die for me. How can I not serve him with joy and gladness for my salvation? Serve the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Now, one thing I have come to believe is that the whole goal of our Christian walk is to be getting into, closer to the presence of God. That is our whole duty, I don't know what duty, our whole goal as a Christian is to get closer and closer to God, period. We are to come into his presence. Let me read you a couple of verses. First Peter 
1, 13 through 16. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hopes fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy, for in your conduct, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We are called to live holy and pure lives. Not in some future state, but now. Now, I can read minds here. Let me see what everybody's thinking. I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But, God is not looking in your heart and looking for perfection. Because he knows and I know we can't accomplish that in the here and now in this world as we're journeying through this world as pilgrims. But I'll tell you what he is looking for in his heart. He's looking for effort. Are you working at becoming pure? It says, be ye holy as I am holy. It doesn't say future. He says now, be ye holy. Be holy and pure. What does that look like? Well, I'm going to tell you. Or God's going to tell you. Beloved, now we are children of God. And not had, it hasn't, I better put my eyes on. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is. What am I supposed to look like? One of the things Jesus, when God came to this world in the flesh, one of the things he did was come to be an example of what we were meant to be. Amen? We were created, all of us, created in what? The image of God. We were humanity. We were flesh. But we were created in the perfect image of God. And Jesus revealed what the perfect image of God in the flesh was to look like. And it says when we get to heaven, we will be like him. Now, it's not look like in a physical sense. It's look like in a spiritual sense. Jesus served his Father by sacrificing himself for your sin and for my sin. And what we want to, it says, come before his presence. We stand before God if we stand for God and we're not holy and pure, what happens? We're judged guilty and condemned. But if we've been washed in the blood, if we've been cleansed by the blood that Jesus Christ shed on that cross and cleaned us, if we have been striving with our lives to be like Jesus in this world, when we step out of this world, what's the word? 
You said it in Sunday school class this morning. What's the work? It's sanctified. We're sanctified when we're saved. We are being sanctified by the working of the Holy Spirit as we travel through this world and when we step out of this world into the presence of God, we will be what? Sanctified, holy, and pure. But God wants us to work at it now. He wants us to be focused on it, be his goal. He's not expecting you to be perfect, but he is expecting you to try. Come into his presence with what? Singing. Now, you don't want to hear me sing. They asked me if they, if they want to just turn the mic on and trust them to keep it up or down, you know, whether when I'm singing or not. And my wife will testify to this. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Can't carry a tune in a bucket at all. Always wanted to. Always wanted to learn how to play the guitar, but I have no, no musical talent whatsoever. I have no coordination. I have no sense of rhythm. I have nothing. I have not been called by God to serve him by singing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I have been called to do something. And what is that something? To preach his word, to teach his word, but more importantly than that, to live his word. That one day when I come into his presence, I won't come in fear and dread. I'll be singing. There'll be a new song because I'll be a new creation. I'm a new man in Christ. Come into his presence. So we are to make a joyful shout. We're to serve the Lord. We are to come before his presence with singing. We are to know that the Lord, he is God. We are to know. We are to know with understanding, with perception. We are to know God and have a relationship. But I want you to know something here. Know that the Lord, he is God. Two words there, Lord and God. The first one, Lord, is the name of God that he used when he presented himself Abraham. It is the name of God in relationship with his creation. It is the God of love, it is the God of righteousness, it is the God of all the things. And then the second one is God. This is the God of creation. This is the God that created all, controls all, sets all the standards, and will be the judge of all. It's sort of like we say we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. People love the idea of Jesus as Savior. They hate the idea of Jesus as Lord. They like the idea of being saved, but they don't want to serve the Lord. But you can't have it that way. Just here, God is the God of relationship, but he is the God of creation too. He made it all. He controls it all. He rules it all. He sets the standards. He sets the law, which we will be judged by. Know that the Lord he is good. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. 
We, we want to be all about us, all about self. We are to know, we are to be humble before God. We are to understand that he is the Lord our God and we are his creation. We serve him. I didn't create myself. Now, I like to do a little artwork occasionally. Paint a picture, draw, draw. And now, if I made it, I can do whatever I want with it, can I? Amen? I can throw it in trash. I can burn it. I can tear it up. I can sell it. I can give it away. Or I can stick it in the closet. Why? Because I've created it, and my right to do is I choose with it. My wife told me since we're having dinner, I can't go too long because Baptists get sort of testy when they're being held from their meals. Is that true? I am one, so I should know. Let me move on quickly. Let's not take any chances. Um, we are his people in the sheep of his pasture. Sheep, dumb animals. Amen? They need somebody to watch over them, and they need somebody to provide for them, and they need somebody to protect them, and we're sheep. And God, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is our shepherd. And he'll do all of these things for us if we will humble ourselves to admit that we are sheep in need of a Savior, need of a Lord, a guide, a director, a protector, and all those things. It's, there's a song we've sung before. This is my Father's world, right? It is. We are his creation. He sets the standard. The standard is Jesus Christ. And when you stand before God, that's the standard you will be measured against, period. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. What is the gate to God? It is Jesus Christ. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He is the gate. We are to enter to enter God's presence through the only gate he provided for us to enter into his presence. And that's Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Again, period. He set the rule. He set the standard. Jesus is it. And we enter his gates with what? We sort of come full circle with thanksgiving. I will never get over my salvation. It's been, what, 33, 4 years? I haven't gotten over yet, not planning to. And I'm thankful every day to Jesus that he died for me on the cross. And into his courts with praise, I can enter. You know, two types of people go and enter into the presence of God. Those who sing his praise and enter in in love, and those who hate him 
and enter into in dread because they don't want any part of him in their lives. I'm going to be going in there. I may not be able to sing, and none of y'all may be able to appreciate my singing, but God will like it. Why? comes from there. comes from the heart. I got a new song within me, and I'm going to sing it loud and clear when I come into his presence and to his courts because I love him, and I'm thankful to him for all he does. So we are to make a joyful shout, serve with gladness, come into his presence. We are to know him, we are to enter by the way of Christ, and we are to be thankful to him, and we are to bless his name. We are to worship God. You know, you can't worship God until you know who he is and know who you are. Because you won't bow down to somebody you don't love and respect. But you'll bow down to one that you do. Bless him, worship him, fall down before him in humility and love. So we are to make a joyful shout. We are to serve. We are to come into a present, know with understanding, enter by his way, Jesus Christ. Be thankful and bless him. Those are all the things we're supposed to give back. Why? Last verse. For the Lord is good. You know what most people don't understand? That everything that is good in this world flows from God. And to be separated from God means you're going to be separated from everything that is good. And part of hell is being separated from God eternally and completely from everything that's good. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endures to all generations. Praise the word of God. So as we gather around the table this Thursday, remember, give back to God. Give thanksgiving, the sacrifice of thanksgiving by shouting, serving, coming to him closer, knowing him, enter through Christ. Be thankful. And bless his name. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for your love, your mercy to us. And Father, you loved us so much, you gave your very best. You gave us your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, that all might be washed clean by the blood of Christ. And all who are washed clean first place and be able to enter into your presence with joy and happiness and gladness, with thankfulness and worship the God of creation as he should be worshipped. We thank you, dear Lord, for all that you've done for us. And we thank you once again for Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Help me give back to you all that you deserve and just a small portion of all that you have blessed 
me with. And it is in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. We're going to take a small time to have a little... If anybody needs to come, if you don't have that assurance of Jesus, come and we'll take God's open word and show you how you can know today that you can be saved in Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. The altar is always open for prayer. If anybody needs to pray, if somebody needs to have, want somebody to pray for them, I'll do that. But come. Let's all stand together. Thank you.